be a way leader. So get out your notepad, notebook, iPhone, whatever it could be, and write this down. The unoffendable koala. Bump the person next to you and tell them unoffendable koala. The unoffendable koala. We got that? So um, on the screens, this has got to go up there. Proverbs 12.12. Everyone say Proverbs 12.12. Like you mean it. We, and I'm going to say this. You have permission to speak and be passionate and encourage me because that's what we do at One Youth, isn't it? Yes, that's it. So Proverbs 12.12 says this. The thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. I'm going to read it again. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. And we're talking about the unoffendable koala. Is it cool that I pray? I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've been here tonight the whole time. We thank you that you're moving in and amongst us right now, that as we listen to your word, read your word, just be amongst your word, you're going to speak to us where we need to be, hear your voice, that we can leave this place of wisdom, with knowledge, with the ability to be better than what we are right now, that we can literally level up, go to a new level, and have a, a, be a blessing in places where we couldn't be before, and we just thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. So, uh, if, you, if you're taking notes again, you can go to Exodus 2017. Or Deuteronomy 5.21, it's pretty much the same thing. I think Deuteronomy is going up on the screens. But I'm going to be reading it from Exodus 20.17. And it says this, You must not covet your neighbor's house or land. Uh, You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Now, I'm going to quickly just clarify something. It talked about don't covet your, your, your neighbor's slaves. Often in the Bible, it... When it's talking about slaves, it's more mean employer, like employee, sorry, or, or worker. It's so, um, not every time a slave is mentioned in the Bible, it's someone actually an impression and being an item of someone else. It's just more of a, a word used to be an employee, and that's more what this is talking about here, about your employees. Don't be jealous of other people's workers. Cool? Makes sense? Hopefully it does. But covet, um, who knows what the word covet means? It's not a word that, I, who ever uses the word covet in a day-to-day sentence? I can admit I never use it as like, oh, yeah, that was so coveting. No, I don't use that. But basically, it's a strong desire, the want to have, yearn to possess something belonging to another. That's what covet is. It's that, that passion in with you goes, I want that. I need that. Um, and so other words we could say is like jealous. Like who knows, who knows people in, in us millennials say, oh, you're so jelly. Who knows what I'm talking about? No, nah. no one, yeah. People are like, oh, I'm so jelly. Oh, those, those shoes, I'm so jelly. Oh, that, that. I don't know what you could be jelly of. That VR, oh, I'm so jelly. But I don't think jealous is a strong enough word for covet. Um, covet is more like lust. So it's that real, sh- like, so jealousy is kind of like, oh, oh, your, your underpants, oh, they, they, they look so cool in the black light or something. But um, like the top, I'm thinking of my Star Wars <laughs> um, things. That, that's another story. But uh, we can be like, oh, I'm so jelly of you know, that cool glowing Star Wars logo on those underpants. But we've got to go, no, no. Uh, but the, 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 what am I trying to say? The last is when you, it, it's almost like really extremely bad. And that's what covered is, is that extreme of, I, not just, oh, that's cool, but no, no, I need that thing. Hopefully that makes sense. But I'm going to tell a story. If you may have heard this before, but who's ever went to a swimming carnival? A swimming carnival, you know, you jump in the water, swim, do your laps. And then they, and it's like, you try it. They, who can do all the four swimming techniques, like breast, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, and butterfly? I can't do breaststroke and I can't do butterfly, so I can only do freestyle and backstroke, but 
I still didn't like swimming anyway. But with that, I was so self-conscious and what would the other word be? Um, embarrassed because I didn't have any uh, maturing hairs. So my armpits were bare and my snarled chair was bare. And so I would literally cover guys with a hairy chest or guys with a beard or guys with armpit hairs. And so I would be, and so for example, at swimming carnival, so you, obviously you don't swim full, like um, I don't have like a, a big, uh, what's it called when you go swimming out in the ocean? Swimsuit, is that what they are? Wetsuit. I don't have a wetsuit when you go to the swimming. You've got to wear like real small and light so you can like dominate and stuff. And so if I was wearing my shorts or my, my footy shorts or my board or something, I would, because this is like in year 10, so I should be like hairy armpits and all that, and I wasn't. And so I was so embarrassed of not being hairy, I would pull up my shorts right up to the, my belly button so you couldn't tell that I didn't have a snail trail. I would make sure they're right up as high as I could go. And then with my arms, so no one could tell I didn't have like hairless armpits, I'd just be like this. And I'd just like, I'd walk around and I'd be like, oh, how are you? I would not move my arms up at all unless it was this race. Then as soon as that's finished, if I won the race, I wouldn't be like, woo! I'd be like, woo! Because I'd be like, I'd be like stick because I was, and I'd so people that, that would have beard and chest, they'd be like, God, like I, I wish I could just trade for that hairy manliness because I was so just insecure about not being a man. But with that, Hopefully that's an example of what coveting is. It's that desire to go, God, I, I need what I don't have. Who knows what I'm talking about? And I just desired what I couldn't produce, yeah? <laughs> that's a weird example. But from that, in Deuteronomy, no, and so back to what it said in Deuteronomy and Exodus, don't cover anything that belongs to your neighbor. Don't cover others' ox or donkey. And so what that's saying is uh, the ox, don't cover, cover other people's jobs. We can have the desire to go, I want his job. Oh, you work at Foodland? Oh, that's so awesome. I wish I could play with dead chicken parts. Or, or you work at uh, uh, Domino's? Oh, that's awesome. I wish I could just have pizzas all day. But we can't covet someone else's job, right? That's what it's talking about. Um, when it talked about the donkey, we can't be jelly of other people's rides. They, you might be like, that motor pushy. I wish. I just want that motor pushy. It could be um, that Vespa. Oh, I wish I could have Leander's future Vespa. Um, or it could be just any vehicle. We've got to not have, because that's, like that's what the donkey represented back then. It was like the, the motor pushy or a, or a Vespa for today. And then the ox is like your job, yeah? So it's saying we can't be jealous or jelly or covet, whatever it was. Can't desire someone else's armpit hairs. We can't do that, yeah? We need some response. And then um, uh, the next one, uh, so then in Deuteronomy, it talks about, in, in Exodus it said, don't be covered the house or let house, and then Deuteronomy says, don't cover their house or land, and so, um, and it says, so, but then also says, like, don't cover your neighbor's land, and so a question could be is then, who is our neighbor? Because we can go like, the person next door to my house, that's often what we refer to, refer to as neighbor, but then with that question, some man asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So you grab your Bible and go to Luke chapter 10. Everyone go to Luke chapter 10, say Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So we're going to be reading from about verse 25 to 37. And so, but we're not going to actually read the 25, but that's just more for if you want to write that down. But in 29, it says this, a man wanted to justify his actions. And so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Great question. Who is my neighbor? And so the parable of the Good Samaritan, who's heard of this before? The parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is how Jesus answered. So Jesus replied with a story. So this is telling us who our neighbors are. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, 
and left him half dead beside the road. Quick pause there. If you must be desperate for some money, if you're bashing someone and taking their clothes, come, you know what I mean? Unless that, that Jewish man had some cool clothes, because I know I wouldn't be bashing someone just to get their clothes. Keep going. They might have had my Star Wars underpants. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. So that's like, that's example. Pastor Rob sees him and goes, oh, well, keeps walking. Then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side of the road. That temple person is like Carlos, faithful churchgoer. That's what this example is talking about. Then, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey or motopushi or whatever you want to talk about, Vespa, and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And with that Samaritan, what Jesus was trying to do, that was the most despised-looking person in society. So that's like saying getting that drunk man that's crazy down off the corner of the street and being nice and being generous. That's what this story is trying to represent. And so then the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you, up next, uh, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So we see there what a neighbor is. A neighbor is a person. It doesn't matter what you look like in society. Is a person that goes and does something good. That is what we got to copy. That's what a neighbor is. It's the people in our lives. Now, Sean, who remembers Sean's message last week? And he's talking about the people that we look up to, the people that, we, that are, should be our mentors, yeah? Sure, you talk about that. And so we've got to have that. That's what a neighbor is. A neighbor is a person that we go, we respect that, and we're going to follow that example, and we're going to chase after what they're doing, yeah? That's what a neighbor is, because that's what the Good Samaritan was. Um, and so uh, great message last week, Sean. But then, who, and then with that, who's heard of the saying, the grass is greener on the other side? Anyone heard that? The gr- uh, the, the grass looks green on the other side of the patch, paddock, whatever you want to do it. The grass looks green on the other side of the cubicle. I don't know. Um, I don't know where the toilet's coming from. God, free me from those things. But um, so don't be jelly of heroes. And so basically, we've got to, we can't be jealous of the heroes in our life because they have had to work hard to get where they are. So we might go, if we want to be a preacher or something, we might go, oh, Pastor Robert Church, oh, I just wish I could be like you. But we can't be jealous of that, because he's had to work extremely hard to get to where he was. We might go, oh, Mariah, she's doing so awesome at, at, at this or that. But we, gotta go, we can't be jealous of what Mariah's doing, because she's had to work extremely hard. We can't covet that, because she's done a lot of work to get to that place. And so um, I heard this week on a podcast from Pastor Craig Rochelle, if you've got an iPhone, iPad, whatever it is, and if you've got the... Um, uh, the youth version Bible app, his church started that. But he said this in a message, and he was talking about relationships and stuff. When, and he's talking about, so when the grass is greener on the other side, that means it's time to water your grass. And so we've got to get out the, the watering can and shh, shh, on our grass when it looks greener on the other side. And that, so then with that, Proverbs 12, 12 says this, Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit, which we started with. And so we're going to unpack that and look at that, how that relates to us. So thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. So with that, we're going to look at the, second, the first bit about jealousy. Proverbs 17.5b says this, Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. And so that is a sign of offense. The unoffendable celebrate people succeeding. 
For example, there's so many people in our society that cover a thing. They go, oh, if only I could be the youth pastor. Oh, if only I could lead the worship. Oh, if only I could lead. If only I could do this. And they're jealous of someone in front of them. And so when that person stuffs up the leader, they go, woo, that means it's my shot now. Woo, that means, oh, I get to have what they had. But that's the wrong kind of attitude. Because that's going, I'm offended that they're there because they got my position. Wrong heart. We've got to have an unoffendable spirit that goes, you know what? We celebrate with them. And when they make a mistake, we help them rise up and do better than going, oh, sweet, because then fools are jealous of each other's loot. So, uh, sorry, thieves. And so we could be a thief going, oh, I want Sean's ministry. I want to do what Peter's doing. I'll steal that. Then what happens is the people that live that life go, oh, well, now I've got what someone else, I stole this from someone else, but it doesn't contain me. I want to steal it from someone else again. And so we can't steal other people's stuff. We've got to bear our own fruit. And so the reason I titled the message, um, the unoffendable koala, is because it's a koala bear, yeah? A koala bear. Um, then uh, I know that technically you read websites about Australians. They don't like you calling them koalas a koala bear because it's technically not a bear. And they say call it koala. But you often heard the term koala bear. I could have called this a message the unoffendable panda, the unoffendable grizzly bear, the unoffendable polar bear because these things, bear, polar, bear, koala, bear, grizzly, bear, and we've got to bear our own fruit. So just like those animals are bears, we've got to also bear. Does that make sense? It's different bear, but we've got to bear, yeah? Makes sense? We've got to bear. And so um, we need to be rooted, just like the Bible says, the godly are rooted and bear their own fruit. We've got to be like the grizzly bear and bear our own fruit. Cool? So Psalms 1, uh, 1 to 3, yeah, Psalms 1, 1 to 3 says this, Oh, the joys of those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So hear that? Day and night. So that's reading your Bible in the morning and in the night. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and prosper in all they do. And so we've got to get into our Bibles. We've got to have a time with God day and night. We can't just be content going, oh, I'm just going to give it a lack. No, no, we've got to go full on day and night, passionate. Psalms 119, 165 in the King James Version. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And so we've got to delight in the, God, the Bible. We've got to have this book as our passion where we go, you know what, God, this rules my life. This controls my life where it's our delight that we, we love it because it will give us peace and nothing will offend us, yeah? And we'll be, we've got to be rooted to that. This has got to be our, our, the thing that we just structure our life around so much. Next one, Hebrews 11.6. You would have heard this a few weeks ago when I talked about the freedom from uh, unlocking prayer. He, God, rewards those who sincerely seek him. Or other translations say, God is the reward of those who diligently seek him. And so just like those two Bible verses before, we've got to day and night connect to God. Because then when that happens, we'll have great peace and nothing will offend us because we've got to be rooted in that and bear our own fruit. And then James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So you might go, man, how can I do anything in my life? You've got to get down and pray and go, God, I need fruit in my life. God, I'm sick and tired of seeing the grass green everywhere else. I want green grass here. As, that, as I was saying about that, Pastor Craig Groeschel, we've got to go, God, I need that watering can on my grass because if that grass is looking green, it means my grass isn't green enough. Help me water what I'm doing so I can bear fruit. Yeah, is that cool? And so we got to, and so everyone here, I'm going to, I can almost get angry and start like being like real preacher. We got to go, you know what, God, I have value in my life. Because too often we, we're so insecure. We're so, oh, what woes to me. We got to go, God, I see the value in my life. 
I see how I've got purpose. I see how I've got value that there's fruit in my life that I can, only I can do, that only I can produce, that I'm not going to be worried about the other person down the road. I'm not going to be worried about the neighbor. I'm not going to be worried about stealing someone else's gift, someone else's ministry, because I am doing what I can do. For example, at school, I know I used to cover the class, cap- class captain or whatever they call them. Is that what they call the things? Or like SRCs, depending on what school you're at. And I used to cover it, but I've got to go, you know what, Josh? Stop worrying about what that person's position is. Stop worrying about them stuffing up so that you can probably get it. I've got to do what I can do, bear my own fruit in leadership and not worry about that. I've got to go, God, how can I water my grass so I can be more of a leader where I am now? And so, um, that, and as it says in Ephesians 4, 1 to 7, it talks about you have been called by God. And so everyone here at One Youth, listen on the podcast, you have been called by God. And as, then it talks about in verse 7, he's given each of us a gift through the generosity of Christ. And so each one of you have something so passionate, so, so special in your life that you have value and you've got purpose and you've got to go, God, help me bear this fruit for myself and not want to steal it from other people. Is that cool? And that's why I love in Galatians 6.4, it says this, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love that. Pay careful attention to your own work for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare to anyone else. So when we have got our hands Focus on what we're doing and what we're saying. We will then live a life where we go, you know what, God? I'm just, I'm just watering my garden. I'm just watering my grass. I'm not looking at everyone. The water's coming down because we're paying close attention to what we do because we're, we're rooted to the Word of God. We're unoffendable and we're, we're, we're bearing fruit. Is that cool? Makes sense? Yes? Yeah, hopefully. Sweet. And so in closing, uh, I want to pray about two things. And so first one, Ephesians 3.17 says this then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down, uh, down into God's love and keep you strong. And so first of all, one thing I'm going to pray for is that for us that don't have Jesus in our hearts or we need him in our hearts in a fresh way, that we can go, you know what, Jesus, we need you in our lives, that we stop looking at everything else and have you in our lives. We have deep roots from the Bible where, we, that, where we're connected to him. Second thing I'm going to pray for is Ephesians 4, 1 says this, uh, sorry, Ephesians 1, 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without faults in his eyes. I love that. So even before the let there be bang, lights, planets, everything just here, God saw us and saw us perfect in his own eyes. He sees value in us. He sees, And so I'm going to pray that first of all that if we don't have Jesus in our lives, that he can come into our hearts, that we can have roots in him, and then we can bear fruit. And the second one is, I'm going to pray that if we don't see value in our lives, if we don't see the things in our hands that are glorious, that other people could potentially be jealous of, we've got to go, God, help us see it. Help us see that the, how, the love for us, that we can then be fruitful in that. Is that cool? So we're going to pray. God, right now, we just thank you that you want to make your home in our hearts. God, we believe that we can have an encounter with you, that you come into our heart, that we're never the same again, that we are so rooted in your love, in, in what you've done for us, that we then have the, the ability to produce fruit, that we have the ability to be a bear and bear much fruit, God. And we also believe for that Ephesians Lord, it says that you, you thought of us, you saw us perfectly even before the world began, even before creation, God. And I thank you for your love. I thank you for your peace and your patience with us, that in your grace and your mercy, that despite the dumb things we do, you still see us perfect. You still see us with love. And God, we just pray that you help us have that same 
view of our lives, that we see the value, that we see the glory in us, that as we just water our garden, as we get greener grass, that we just go, God, wow, thank you. And so help us continue to diligently seek you day and night, be in your word, that we see what you're calling us to do and help us put our hands fully into it, that rather than looking at everyone else, we're just saying, wow, God, we're being faithful to you and you're blessing us. Wow, God, you're being faithful to uh, to us and you're blessing me. And so God, we just thank you for that. And everyone said, amen. And so God, I just really believe that's all done, but I believe that